Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Larland. Lawson. Lawson. How are you this morning? I'm fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, I had a meeting last night. Yes. It went till like 8.30 p.m. I had a meeting last night. Did it go that long? It went till maybe 7.30 p.m.? Okay, so... A little bit less. So I had meetings last night, and we were just meeting, you know, with, with my local church, and we're talking about, like, you know, things we should do, and I've come up with the ultimate idea to win uni students. You ready? Yes. Are you ready to hear it? Yes. We're going to give them ice cream for free, and then we're going to... this thing called sugar, which... No, but it's going to be vegan gelato. It's going to be vegan gelato. Sugar-free? Oh, probably not sugar-free. <laughs> we want it to taste good, Lyle. And then when they do eat vegan gelato, we'll force them to do a survey with us. And by force them, I mean, like, be really nice to them and, and say, hey, can you do the <laughs> as I gave you free, free ice, ice cream. cream, can you do the survey? And then be like, hey, so do you want to, like, study the Bible with me? Like, do you want to, like, come to church? And Because we have free vegan ice cream. Well, it worked. It worked at O-Week. We gave them free cold drinks. Then we're like, hey, do you want us? And now I do Bible studies with lots of people every week. So we're just just doing more of that. Right. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Let's pray for Lawson. Let's pray that his new initiative works well and that ice cream is the solution to getting lots and lots of Bible studies. I mean, you've tried Amen. the beach. You've tried ice cream. You've tried a few different things. They've all seemed to work. So... You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's time for our quiz. Let's see if we can find out the answer to our first question. What mount, named after a savoury fruit, that is such an interesting way to define this. Okay, savoury fruit. What mount, named Mm. after a savoury fruit, did Jesus frequent? 0491-064-669 is the number to call. If you know the answer, you can win either you get 100 points on the board. If you get every single question correct, you can win every single prize. Or you can claim a Faith FM bookmark and bumper sticker. But again, that question was, what mount named after a savoury fruit did Jesus frequent? Uh, mount Tomato. <laughs> is that a savoury? Yeah. Yeah, so. tomato is a savoury. Uh, what's, what's, I'm like so close to, I was so close to saying, like, <laughs> I was so close to being like, well, Mount, uh, Mount Pumpkin, <laughs> Pumpkin, or Cucumber, Mount Cucumber, these are the, they're, they're fruits, fruits. Wait, are pumpkins, don't pumpkins grow in the ground? Well, it depends how you define in the ground because all things grow in the ground because they have roots. Yeah, but like, don't pumpkins pump- do not grow or grow underground, Lawson. They grow on, a, on top of the ground, on a vine. Yeah, but they, they, they sit on the ground. Well, you can I guess that doesn't, above the ground. I guess that doesn't define yeah. them as a non-fruit. I say they are a fruit. You can argue with me. Our number is 0491-064-669. Is a pumpkin and a cucumber a fruit or a vegetable? I don't know. I just don't want to eat. It has nothing to do with I the just, answer to the question. I just don't want to put pumpkins in my fruit salad, to be honest. That would be so gross. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine that you have, you have banana. You could almost get away with cucumber, I think, maybe. No, it's like that's like a Greek salad at that point. Putting cucumber in the fruit salad. That's like yeah, what's the strangest thing you've ever put in a fruit salad? Let's uh let's hear from you. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And it has to be the something strange in a fruit salad that worked. 
No, not of these. Can't be something strange. Not of these like work put, in the I fruit. Put, salad. I put raw pumpkin in the fruit salad, and everybody. Maybe you know it. how people make like pasta salad. Maybe you can just make a fruit salad and then put pasta in it. All right, let's talk about um, <laughs> let's talk about actual news rather than <laughs> yeah, just waffling is, on this morning. Well, we would love to hear from you. This is waffle. This is like we would love to hear from you. This is I love it. All right, <laughs> positive, positively different news. Okay, so this is really interesting. Did you know that at certain points on Earth, a lot more frequent than you think, these certain points, um, gravity is different and not the same. Okay, so that's t- weird. So typically, you know, gravity... So we- I might weigh more in one place than another? Apparently. Okay. So, you know, typically the, the understanding that gravity is like, you know, falls things fall at the rate of 9.8 um, metres per second squared. Uh, but we are... Uh, well, yeah, gravity is 9.8 metres per second squared. Um, but the gravity apparently isn't the same everywhere, and because of this, there is a group of surveyors who will be flying a plane across, like, regional Victoria, um, up and down and up and down and up and down regional Victoria, and creating a map um, showing places where there are gravitational differences. Okay, so this could be a really handy excuse for some people. Who are like, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just standing in the wrong spot right now. I'm not actually putting on weight. I'm just standing in the wrong spot. <laughs> you're like a professional boxer, and you're like 0.5 kilos overweight, and it's like, oh no, I live in a place with a different gravity. Like, please, like, <laughs> give this one to yes. me. Um, but essentially, yeah. So they're going to be flying all over, you know, uh, Victoria. I, I, on top of Melbourne and whatnot, but then also, you know, um, regional Eastern Victoria, uh, essentially making a map. They have this machine in their plane, and it's called a gravimeter, which is just <laughs> the most... Gravimeter. <laughs> what a year 10 student came up with this one. <laughs> That's right. Uh, they like, have what the, we call this? Oh, the gravimeter. It sounds like a gun or something. I don't know. But anyways, they have their... Well, it sounds like a meter. It sounds like something that records things. Uh, but they have their gravimeter, and they're just flying around, and they're seeing at different points all over v- regional Victoria where it's different. Now, I would imagine, like... At certain points in the world, maybe you're on the top of Mount Everest or the the bottom of the Mariana Trench or something. There would be a, maybe a difference in gravity, but they reckon that there's small plots where there's difference in gravity all over the place. Um, and they reckon the reason that that is uh, is because of you know different thicknesses of the Earth's crust, different you know strength of gravity, um, at your closeness to this um, Earth's center of mass, uh, the density of rocks nearby. Apparently, that has the ability to change gravity. That's cool. So I guess we'll be able to see where do I weigh the lightest and where do I weigh the heaviest in Victoria in the future. That will be actually super interesting <laughs> and useful for some people. Karen's just texted in to say, to say Lawson, um, to, to let you know the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Oh, okay. So knowledge is knowing tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in the fruit salad. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, now that is that is knowledge. That is a proverb right there. Okay, but Raphael wants some free ice cream because he comes to your Bible study five times a week. Here on Faith FM. Oh, here on Faith FM. Okay. So you need to... Uh, well, hey, look, come to Newcastle Uni. We're thinking on... Uh, free vegan ice cream. I, I think, vegan ice cream. I, I think it's on the Tuesday... 
like in, it's like the last Tuesday of April. If you, if you want to come to the last the last I mean, Tuesday he's, he's in April, already, he's already done his hard work. He's already been here. Uh, I can't. Well, I I guess he I could, him. but like put some in the box and post what is it? Oh, <laughs> do you want me to come and personally deliver <laughs> you ice cream? Is that is that what we're doing? Okay. Um, there's another text message that says the pumpkin is a fruit according to Google, and another one that says everything that starts from a flower is botanically a fruit. Uh huh. So we have been. Educated this morning. Yes, thank you very much for for your for your insights. Um, in other news, okay, so they've had a bit of an interesting moment there. That you know, remember what happened to the the you know the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, how it like burnt down, and now they're like rebuilding it and whatnot. You remember how that happened? Yes. Uh, well, they're rebuilding it, and in the Notre Dame Cathedral, in the bottom of the cathedral, like un- under the into the basement, under the in, floor. in under the floor, um, they have found. A sarcophagus that is human-shaped and fully made of lead. That's a heavy. That's a heavy. Uh, a heavy casket, right there. That's right. And so they've gone down. They've found this thing. It's like kind of been beaten up as it's actually fallen through a floor. Yes, into another floor. That that is understandable because it is made out of lead. It'd be kind of weird sitting in church one day while the pastor is preaching, and suddenly hear stuff crashing and banging underneath just you. And it's like, oh, what happened there? Well, somebody's well, casket just fell down to a lower, lower level. Well, they've been able to open. Well, they haven't opened the sarcophagus because they want to leave it intact and they want to be able to kind of. Oh, they should open it because being lead, it might be perfectly sealed and really well preserved. Well, this is so. the thing. They've been able to get like a small camera in there and they see pieces of fabric and hair and pillows um, and leaves at the top of the head. Um, and yeah, which apparently is according to how religious leaders of this time were buried. So most I, likely a bishop or something like yeah, that. Yeah, eventually they're going to open it, but it's just kind of. I'm also kind of freaked out. I'm like, this is kind of freaky deaky. Like, I'm like, why? See, this is what? the interesting thing. What is the statute of limitations on uh, um, excavating tombs? Yeah, like, so, right. for instance, if I go down to the local graveyard and dig up somebody's tomb that was buried a week ago, that would be seen as being very disrespectful to the dead. Yes. If I dig up somebody's grave, you know, that has died so long ago, they don't really This is have... like, what, 720 years ago? Yeah. If I dig up pretty much any grave here in Australia, I get in trouble for it's, that. Yeah. But when does it become archaeology? Yeah. And that's what they're saying. This is a great scientific discovery, oh, and this absolutely. is a, an amazing archaeological discovery. And they're going to be uh, doing what they can. Like this is breaking news. This has only just happened. They're going to be doing what they can to research this, and it's fully made out of lead, which is just wild. Maybe the way it works is that once all you know living relatives, people who knew <laughs> that person, are dead, and you can provide a scientific reason as to why it will benefit society to know what's inside the casket, then maybe that's the Oh, we <laughs> need to ask an archaeologist this. This is like the excuse that you can give to like, like, go in and I don't know, unbury, grave rob rich people. Well, that's what archaeologists do for a living. They just grave rob. They rich grave old rob people. and they put it in a museum. <laughs> yeah, look at all they this put the stuff. Body in the, you go in the museum, like... you see the body in the museum. Talk about disrespect to the dead. Yeah, that's I mean, intense. it doesn't bother me at all. You want to put my body in a museum? You put me in my body oh, anywhere you, you want. Can you put me in a museum? I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> rob my grave, please. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put that in my last will and testament. It's like if anyone wants to dig me up for archaeological purposes at any times, there is no statute of limitation. You can do it, even if I've been dead for two days. Please dig me up. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> and experiment. And experiment, put me in a museum, you know, preferably build a statue in my likeness uh, <laughs> that says Faith FM presenter underneath it, <laughs> whatever it may be. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's The Breakfast Show and we're up to our 200-point question. Let's see if we can get something debatable about this one. The last one was, what is a savoury fruit? All right, for 200 points. How did God show that he had chosen Aaron as high priest? What's, I don't know. This, this kind of does relate to the last question. R- really? Yeah. How does God show that? It relates to the last question. Wow, it really does. I'm not going to say anything else. That's that's incredible. If I say anything else, I'm going to give it away. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, again, that maybe, question. Maybe is, we've got a bit of a theme happening here. This how, <laughs> how did God show that he had chosen Aaron as high priest? Mm. All right. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. A new study has revealed the damaging effects of social media on uh, girls and boys and how it works differently from male to female. I mean, we live in a world where we're told there's no such thing as a difference between males and females. But we're not but, biologists. But that's, <laughs> we're not biologists. That's so my new favourite quote. Yeah, we're not allowed to uh, comment on these things mm-hmm. uh, because we're not biologists. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. But girls... Uh, experience the most damage from social media, ages 11 to 13, mm-hmm. whereas boys experience the most damage from social media, ages 14 to 15. Okay. And it kind of evens out with it peaking in damage around the age of 19. Mm-hmm. And so they're sort of, this is the University of Cambridge. They've published this in the journal Nature. They researched 84,000 people in wow. this research, a very, very extensive research. Uh, they looked at people uh, from ages 10 to 80. So we don't know the damage of social media in those under the age of 10. Uh, but what they're looking at is that uh, with teenagers, obviously, their brain is changing. There is chemical processes mm. that are changing within their brain, a lot of things that are going on in a teenager's brain. And, of course, that affects boys later than it does girls. We all know that girls mature faster than boys, uh, teen girls do. And then when they looked at the age of 19, they're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Why is why is this happening here? Uh, and what they've come down to is that this is probably the time of the biggest social change. It kind of averages out mm. as being the time period in life when there's a lot of social change. You've got people are leaving home. You've got people that are starting new social networks because, you know, they've had a social network at school their entire life and now they're starting again. Uh, you've got people that are starting work. You've got people that are travelling, all these different kinds of things. And so these are the most vulnerable ages mm. for damage to be caused by social media. Uh, what they have noted, though, that there is no way of predicting at-risk young people. So out of the 84,000 people that they surveyed, there was no identifying markers to say, okay, this person will be more at risk than that person, that that, that they could mm. identify yet. Wow. And that would have been a really useful outcome to come from the research. So essentially everyone's at risk. Yes. <laughs> but particularly, particularly 11 to 13-year-old girls and particularly mm. 14 to 15-year-old boys and 19-year-old uh, adults. Mm-hmm. So uh, for parents, this is very valuable information. Basically, it is telling you, you know, keep your kids off of social media until at least they're after the age of 15 because, you know, you might say, well, you know, we're past the worst of it, but uh, kids don't need that kind of stuff. 
Screens should only be in the living room and they shouldn't be in your children's pockets. And I, I have friends, by the way. I have, like, really good friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have friends, by the way, who started their Facebook account. Uh, I've, I have one friend. Um, she started her Facebook account when she was, like, 18 years old, after she finished school. Like, that was the first social media she ever had. And it's just been a blessing to her. Like she didn't have the pressure of social media. She didn't have. So she didn't have it as a as a, as, a, as a teenager, as a child, as a child. Yep. And then as an adult, she you know on because she's an adult and she can make her own decisions. She starts her own social media accounts, and she I feel as though she's, she's more able to handle that's it. That's right. She has a healthy, more healthy relationship with social media itself. Yeah. And I'm I'm like like because there is maybe the the thought that can well up and it, even I like had this brief thought I'm like oh but if you didn't have social media like how could you even talk to people or connect with people or whatever it's like no nope, no it's possible. So this is this is interesting because I mean last year we had this um this whole leak that came out of internal research that Facebook did uh, before they rebranded themselves and called themselves Meta because well they damaged their Facebook name really really badly. Mm-hmm. But uh pointing out they knew in, in that particular study, 13.5% of uh, teen girls had uh, thoughts of suicide, as mm. in worse thoughts of suicide as a result of social media. Wow. And uh, eating disorders uh, was uh, was caused, was increased by social media amongst mm. 17% of girls. And uh, when you look at the fact that eating disorders have almost been wiped out by uh, radical gender ideology... Wow. But, of course, that is not going to be listed as a disorder mm. or researched as a disorder that is being driven by social media. One has to wonder just how much damage th- this is doing. Something interesting they've started uh, in the United States and they're starting to see is uh, teen girls that have strange movement disorders. Excuse me? Strange movement disorders. What does that mean? I'm not exactly sure. But it means that they are not their, their their movements are not normal anymore, and they're saying that this is the result of TikTok. So, so they've just seen people walk funny. I, we're going to have to research this one in ah, more depth. That is very interesting. Okay. Okay. So, in Florida, uh, the governor DeSantis has just signed in the bill protecting children. This bans sex education for kindergarten to year three children. Uh, this is a fantastic bill. This allows parents to give their children sex education and parents to make the kind of decision the de- the decision as to what kind of sex education their children are going to give. And they can send their kids off to school uh, knowing that their kids are going to, are not going to be you know bombarded with uh, whatever kind of indoctrination the teachers want to give them and of course this is a result of and the reason we need this legislation i mean did we need this legislation 100 years ago no Mm. because kids in that age bracket 100 years ago were playing with sticks in the dirt kids in that age bracket uh 30 years ago were playing with legos and teddy bears but kids in those age bracket these days are being bombarded by radical gender ideology and the lgbt plus community Mm. uh who are seeking to radically indoctrinate them and uh, desantis said no this is the role of parents. Mm. Parents have a responsibility between themselves and God and between their conscience to give the kind of sex education to their children that their children want. Teachers have said, no, parents are not qualified to give that kind of sex education. We are the only ones who are qualified uh, to give that. Uh, and they've turned what? around and said, this is a don't say gay bill. Kids, okay, so so parents 
aren't qualified. Parents are not qualified. They're not. They're, Did see, they not produce? What? Around and said, "This is a dentologist." Okay, these people basically support the sexualization of our children, and we need yeah, to not be sexualizing 100%. our children. And this is grooming of children. And of course, they're jumping up and down and, and vehemently opposing it. Um, Disney is coming out very strongly opposing it. The Democrats are very, very strongly opposing it. And they're saying that it has now made Florida an unsafe place for LGBT plus people. Okay. Because you can't indoctrinate kids. Because you can't, no, it's, it's not even indoctrinate no, kids. Yeah, you can't abuse children. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what we're talking about here. Like, oh, I want to tell kids all about sex. Um, that is child abuse. That's right. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yikes. Okay, in Nablus in Israel, they've just discovered a small lead tablet. It's called the Curse Tablet oh, because crazy. It, it, it creates a, uh, it has a curse written on it. <gasps> it was near Mount Ebal, which is the mountain of curses, where they would recite the curses that uh, you find in the book of Deuteronomy. Oh, um, what's the curse? And on it? it was near an altar that was built by Josiah. It just says, uh, curse, 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 Yahweh, Yah- Yah- curse, curse. Yahweh. Get lost. No, it doesn't have a real curse on it. It just says curse. It's, it's, there's a lot of those kind of words. Okay. Um, but the exciting thing about it, it is the oldest written form of Yahweh in Proto-Hebrew. Okay. It dates back to 1400 BC, which, is, lost. which is a long way back uh, and is going to... Well, it could really um, change some things in relationship to chronologies and so forth. Wow. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the oldest portion of Scripture we had goes back to the 7th century BC, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Silver Scrolls, and this was fi- found in a pile of rubbish that archaeologists had already sifted through. And this archaeologist like, you know what, we haven't wet sifted that yet. It was discarded there 30 years ago. Let's see what we can find using mm-hmm. modern technology and they found the oldest written version of the word Yahweh, wow. which is, you know, about a thousand years older than most people said that the Hebrew language was even invented. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right there with my father's house, we are about to have our interview of the day. Before our interview of the day, we have another clue for our quiz, this time the 300-pointer. All right, for 300 points, how old was Abraham when he got circumcised? Let me just say, this is an age that you would not want to be in receiving circumcision. 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. 300 points, you can win yourself a pocket sermon or get those points on the board. Continue to work your way through the quiz. But again, that question was, how old was Abraham when he got circumcised? 0491-064-669. An age where you wouldn't want it to happen, in an age where you wouldn't want to do it. Totally. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, joining us on the phone this morning is uh, David Haupt, who comes on pretty much every Wednesday. David, to talk about emotional health, uh, I understand that, David, you've been working a lot with the uh, flood relief up there in northern New South Wales, southern Queensland. David, what's going on? Good morning, Lyle, and good morning to your listeners. Guys, it is wet. We're at at the place where I live in the Northern Rivers, uh, 248 mils uh, yesterday over the the 24 hours, and it has just rained nonstop through the night as well. So uh, we've got, in some places, evacuation orders again uh, for people that have been previously evacuated and displaced. yeah, it is. Uh, roads are closed. People are removed from their homes. 
and the trauma is just escalating for people. I'm currently running uh, every night uh, in uh, Chindra a trauma response mental health program. And I'm not even sure whether we'll be able to continue tonight because of the road closures. It is just devastating. This is this is what a couple of weeks after we had the what they estimate was somewhere between the one in five hundred to the one in two thousand year flood, and now it's happening again. It's happening again. Just a couple yep. of weeks later. Well, we've been so busy that the time has just lapsed for me. I'm, I'm not even sure how many weeks it has been. I had to ask one of my colleagues uh, how long I've been fighting and responding to floods. It has just been extremely um, uh, long hours, sometimes sleepless nights, getting up in the morning, 2 o'clock, and going through to 11 o'clock at night. And, uh, yeah, just as we thought that we started to take respite, uh, it's back. Uh, We're talking now about uh, flood fatigue because the people, the responders are, in actual fact, um, so exhausted by now that um, it's not all over. Yes, I'd like to encourage our listeners that are in not that are not in a flood affected zone to contact some charitable organisations, churches, and so forth. And uh, you know, maybe now's the time to you know to pack up your trailer, pack up your ute with uh, with gear, and travel to this area to render assistance if you are able to, without further burdening the resources that are all, or are already there, because it is. We've got so many people that are in the area. You've got homeless people now feeding homeless people. Um, it's just, it's just, it's heartbreaking to see what is happening up there in uh, in this part of Australia, and to think that is happening again so soon. It, it surely, David, this is a sign that Jesus is coming back soon. It sure is. It is the uh, the expectation that we have, and it's very interesting. We've always had floods throughout the ages, but the intensity and the frequency with which it's happening is for me an indication that we are coming to the end of this world. And therefore, on the one hand, I would like to encourage people not to despair, but to look up from where the salvation comes. Absolutely. And David, I got a little bit of an insight into just the kind of pressure that you and so many others in the North, New South Wales, South Queensland region are under. Um, I got a little bit of an insight into that yesterday when I contacted you about today's subject, and I was like, "Well, let's you know, let, let's talk about successful people today because you know often we, we we talk about emotional health, and we we see how emotional health, you know, poor emotional health stops people from being successful. But does that mean that successful people are immune from you know emotional challenges as well? And I particularly went referenced the Will Smith story and the Chris Rock story and said, can we talk about that? And your reply was, I haven't watched the news for however long. I sort of had no idea even about the story. And I'm like, I've got this. I'll send you a couple of links. You know, and this has kind of been one of the biggest stories because, you know, celebrities, you know, getting into trouble on live TV is not something that happens every day. And it just hit me at that point just how crazy things are in your part of the world right now yeah. and the pressure that you must be operating under? Well, uh, for the past five weeks, uh, there's been nothing other than just flood response. Uh, not only am I um, 
trying to manage and control and support all our church denominations response to the flood in the areas within the north but also uh, my own church has been flooded in so um, in the midst of all of that you try to support in a mental health state other people as well in the community I've done some uh, trauma programs uh, in Malambindi where I'm the, the local pastor as well and uh, there's just no time for yourself I um, I personally have subsequently developed health issues during the program and someone said, take time out for yourself, look after yourself. There is no time because we are at the moment living at, at a major crisis um, and it is just relentless. You know, the Defence Force and uh, SES started knocking on doors yesterday and they reported that uh, a great percentage of the homes that they actually knocked on there was no response because those those homes are actually empty shells. And uh, it is as if there's a war that went on, completely displaced. We talk about Ukraine, but right here in our own backyard, a very similar thing is happening, but just not caused by, by individuals in terms of war. A displacement of humanity and empty shells of homes with no one uh, inside. Yes, yeah, so once again, if you have a particular set of skills, if you're able to uh, pack up your ute or your trailer or whatever and lend support and aid to the flood-affected people in, uh, in in northern New South Wales um, and in South Queensland, that particular area, now is the time to take some time off and step up and lend a hand. Um, and particularly, I think that we need some more people up there. David, it sounds like with your set of skills... Uh, counsellors and so forth, people that can um, help bear the burden of the trauma that is being suffered. And while once the, the water has subsided, uh, what is desperately needed is tradesmen, men uh, and women that has those trade skills that would be willing to actually support people that have uh, no insurance. In many of these places, uh, people just can't afford flood insurance anymore because of the extremely high premium. And therefore, when the homes are ripped out uh, on the inside, um, it is an empty shell and they do not have the finances or the know-how of the rebuild inside. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we live in Australia. Australia is one of the most generous countries, if not the most generous country in the world when it comes to time off. Um, we are a giving country. Go talk to your boss, um, whatever it is, and say, you know, let's take let's take a week off, and rather than going, you know, on a holiday to the beach, um, or you know, start planning an overseas trip now that COVID is starting to ease, or whatever it might be, rather than doing that, pack up your Ute, head up there, and uh, lend a hand because people are certainly going to need your services and going to need your skills. So, let's get out there and, and give some support where we can. Very true. So, Lyle, what about what you know about Will Smith? Yes, might they do it? Okay, so we we so often talk about, and this is the thing that sort of went through my mind: is we look at people who are successful, and we think to ourselves, okay, these are successful people; these are people who who have their lives together. They've got, you know, they're not dealing with emotional issues because they wouldn't reach that particular point if if they did, and. Then we see Will Smith have a meltdown on, you know, in front of the world, slap Chris Rock up the side of the face, you know, on live TV. 
and then state that love made him do it. What What is going on here? This is an excuse that we not only find with high performers, but um, the, the the problem is centuries old. You know, just after Adam and Eve fell into sin, uh, God confronted them in a nice way. And what was uh, Adam's response? Uh, he says, this woman that you gave me, uh, she made me do it. Um, and Eve did exactly the same. We, we tend to not take responsibility. We tend to uh, blame others for the actions. But the truth is, the reality is that love could not have made him do it. He actually chose himself to do it. Love could have, in actual fact, made him to act in a different way. You know, as I, and I appreciate you sending me all the links so that I could, uh, very late last night when I got home, I quickly went online and, and I watched some of those events happening and I listened to some of the comments and I realized that we are living in a warped society where uh, that which is so crucial for us to resolve problems, namely taking personal responsibility for our own actions and our own emotions, is just not there anymore today. Mm. And it's interesting to look at the media, and I don't know, you're probably too busy to be looking at the media right now. It seems like you do have your hands full up there. But the question that sort of goes through my mind is that um, why is it that we see Will Smith as being the victim of a bad joke rather than Chris Rock being the victim of violence? Because it is so easy for us as a society to, um, you know, look at what has happened and rather see, uh, you know, the, the emotional impact than the uh, physical one. We live in a society where there's a higher escalation of violence taking place. It is an acceptable thing. Uh, when, when we listen to, to Chris Rock, we actually see something that is not isolated to what happened the other day. It actually, that sexistic uh, jokes on other people. Uh, I, I was shocked when I came uh, to Australia, uh, Lyle, as an immigrant, and could see how that we so often try to take so-called the mickey out of someone else, but in reality, publicly embarrassing people. Mm, mm. And and it is sort of accepted. While violence, um, you know, we see it more and more happening. Uh, Will Smith is a public figure that actually should realize that there are young eyes, young people that will follow in his footsteps, that idealizes him and will do exactly what he, he does. Our comedy are sometimes raw comedy. It is un, uh, sometimes uh, untasteful comedy and so often takes it out on the most vulnerable, the people that are often... Uh, we take it out on females. We, we take it out on female body parts, etc. So I don't need to color this thing any further. But it is all of it is untasteful mm. and unchristian. Yeah, I think you've raised a very a very valid point there. That there's some there's definitely some wrong there on both sides. Particularly, you know, um, some people looked at the history of you know what Chris Rock has said in the past in you know with this with this same family and so forth and very unsavory, untasteful jokes that you know we, we you you sort of you uh, you see the humour of it, but at the same time it, it is untasteful. Um, 
Let, let's talk about Will Smith. And neither you or I have ever, ever had the opportunity and ever will have the opportunity, I imagine, to actually sit down and talk about Will Smith, talk with Will Smith. But what happens when, a, you know, a person, what is going on in a person's life when they take steps that pretty much, you know, in, in 30 seconds they wreck their career? Um, what, what's what's happening here? I mean, we assume that somebody that makes it this far and, and reaches this high has it together. How could somebody make such a bad decision in such a short space of time? And, you know, to his credit, he's he has now come forward and, and apologised to Chris Rock and he has taken responsibility for what he did um, this morning. He's had time to go back and to think about, you know, what took place and we do need to acknowledge that. But successful people, are they dealing with pressures as well that we don't understand? And uh, how do they need to take care of themselves? There is a performance addiction that we have when we actually hide a damaged self-worth law. And I'm not here saying that uh, Will Smith has a damaged self-worth. That is an issue that he needs to uh, answer for himself and look into his own inner soul. But if someone battles with a low self-worth, uh, they often will jump to a so-called defense of a loved one or person close to them because the embarrassment that is posed upon that individual actually reflects upon themselves. So it is not so much a response in protecting uh, the spouse. It is an actual fact protecting their own ego. Because if Will Smith actually wanted to protect his own wife, uh, actually wanted to stand up for her honor. There is multiple other ways to really do it, which starts with himself. When you have an open marriage, an open relationship, that immediately breaks down the honor that you actually are trying to depict to the world that you have for your spouse. Fidelity in marriage is one of the greatest methods of showing honor. When when someone speaks against my spouse, I don't need to step up and slap them. I can actually step up and speak to their honor and speak about the positive points in their life. And, and Will Smith had the choice. Uh, and, and, and it was a choice that he needed to make. He could have stepped up to that microphone and started to share with the audience what a great woman his wife was. He made the choice of rather slapping Chris Rock. Yeah, and uh, what a disaster that has been, and 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 what a yeah the the whole thing the whole thing you know when you look at the whole Hollywood industry it just reeks of you know the jokes are bad and the response is bad. There is no good coming out of this. There is nothing you know high and moral and holy and righteous whatsoever at all. It just speaks of an organisation that we should simply stay far away from. David, where? And, sorry, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say that we think so often that Hollywood has it all together, all these people that are flying high. The question is, is it really the truth? Does Hollywood success give me success in my personal life? The reality is that suicidality, drug use are evidence of the brokenness of those high flyers as well. Mm. David, very serious stuff that we've got uh, taking place around us right now. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Breakfast Show once again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.